Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. I'm the producer, David Lally, and today I want to share a special episode with you. We're listening in on a session from our elite business conference, The Peak Experience. You're going to hear from Brian why mindsets, motivation, and methodologies actually lead to success, as well as a challenge to unlock your full potential. Let's listen in. All right. So for me personally, this next little topic has caused me more grief than anything I can think of. My favorite passage in the Bible is the story of the parable of the talents. The man with the one talent and the two talents and the five talents. And the guy that buries the one talent and the master says to him, what you do with the one I gave you? And he says, I buried it in the ground because I was afraid. So it's been my mission in my life to be a person that whatever talents I have, to go and put them into circulation. And then along that journey came a vocation that involved helping other people lean into their talents and encouraging them not to bury their talents and to use their talents. And if they had two, to get two more and to get five and five more. So that's my whole thing, right? I am very much about fundamentals and I'm very much about doing the right thing and living the good life and trying to be the real deal in regards to that. Anything I speak, I want to live. So you're in a culture where what's promoted and what's communicated and so on and so forth isn't always backed. If one of the things that really is kind of wild today is someone will produce a book and be interviewed on TV and nobody seems to ask anymore, well, what have you done? Like, what have you done? Like, I, I wrote this book, but what have you done? I, I sat on a panel with a gal who was the lead financial analyst for CNN. And she had a book out on how to buy your first home. And her manager backstage told me that the proceeds of the book had helped her buy her first home <laughs> in New York. That happened. That happened. You know, in the seminar business and in the speaking business, there's a gazillion of that. So for me, it's like, Jakers, I know how to communicate. I'm very passionate about impacting and improving the lives of people. And I'm doing this stuff, but I'm like, gee, should I be doing this? And should I be doing that? So seriously, I have driven myself freaking bananas. And that this is where the desire to fulfill one's own potential, the desire to use the gifts that you have, has been almost, almost, not quite, a burden to me. So I have gone through this and literally banged my head against the wall and tried this and tried that. I've even in certain relationships appeared flaky, which I'm the least flaky guy in the freaking world, because I'm not, oh, yeah, that's it, I'm going to do that. Well, I ain't going to do this. So, I will tell you this, I've made a lot of strides in this. I've gotten a lot of clarity on this, and there's a few things along the journey here that are going to kind of be things that I, I kind of lay down that will help you so that you can cut down the learning curve. Does that make sense? Let's talk about the word potential, a latent or underdeveloped power that has not yet come to pass. How many of you kind of feel that way about yourself? Here's the good news. Here's why I can stand before you and my God and look you in the eye and say, you have potential. Here's why I can say it. Here's why I know it to be true. It is a built-in design function. So what's a, a definition of potential? Here it is, okay? The acorn. What's inside the acorn? 
the potential to turn into that. Now watch, do all acorns turn into oak trees? Do all acorns turn into fully developed oak trees? Do you know where I'm going with this? Okay? The same people that will criticize you, the same people that aren't quite sure where you're coming from, the same people don't understand why you're going to events and do coaching and would be willing to share in a synergy group with people you've met a day ago, would also be some of the people, perhaps, will not get on that journey of fully connecting to being who they were designed to be. Are you guys with me? It's a natural order of things. For many years, I've used the transformation image from nature of the caterpillar to the butterfly and the stages of development. And this is always a crucial thing because in the world we live in today is I'm a caterpillar, but I want to be a butterfly. And America is the leading sales culture in the world. And all you have to do is you can do these three easy steps, three simple payments, and you go from caterpillar to butterfly. That's where it is. Or we're in a hurry, so we take a razor blade and cut that caterpillar open because I want it. When do I want it? And let me tell you this. The power of delayed gratification, the power of perseverance is what ultimately develops. Here's the key. This is the way it's designed. It is a life and death struggle to get from a caterpillar, not to a butterfly, from a caterpillar to a pupae. It's a life and death struggle. And what, what develops is the internal organs in the caterpillar that would allow it to fly later on if it becomes a butterfly. It's not sure. Not all pupae turn into chrysalis. They don't all make it. And then what happens is inside the chrysalis, what once was the caterpillar now is being transformed, and in the chrysalis it has to learn, as it's developing its wings, it pushes against what we would call a cocoon for a moth, and pushes against that material, which actually develops the ability when it gets outside the chrysalis to do what? The struggle is what develops the opportunity to fulfill the potential. It's interesting to me is that people think folks who are committed to personal growth are flaky. And the truth of the matter is, it is the deepest form of courage you can have to be willing to look at yourself in the mirror, learn about who you're looking back at, and be willing to go and pursue who you were designed to be. That is the most courageous thing you can do. And then to do it in such a way so it's not just insular. You know, the thing about it is, everybody's blessed when a butterfly flies. Anybody who comes in its path, would you guys agree? Like, have you ever gone, freaking butterflies are just pissing me off. <laughs> Everywhere it goes, people are blessed. Is that true? Like, in, in whatever little capacity, in whatever capacity that person is open that time, in that moment, to experience it. That's who we're designed to be. That's the purpose of this. It says, oh, self-actualization for self-actualization self. Forget that noise. It is about fulfill your human potential so that you become who you're supposed to be, live the life you're supposed to live, and be a butterfly everywhere you go. And everyone who's able to receive it go, man, that was a blessing. Does that make sense? Whether in moments, whether in a word of encouragement, whether in an act of service, whether in a transaction, whether in putting an arm around somebody, whether in a family member, whether in a community, whether in somebody who's getting cut open and ripped up inside... Butterflies with power. And those scars that we all have, a lot of that stuff we shredded, that's where it comes from. Because we've been there, done that, experienced this, and now because of that, we have empathy. Are you guys with me? Next. There are symptoms of unfulfilled potential. 
there are a reason why there are tears in times that are unusual for us, times of inspiration or something that should be firing us up when we have this because these symptoms are there. Knowing you're capable of more. If you know you're capable of more, say I. Okay? An unfulfilled vocation drains the color from a man's entire existence, is the quote. An unfulfilled vocation. So that's just in the work. Next, constantly justifying our situation. What happens is then we go into spin mode. We go into spin mode. And you know what our problem is? We're world-class spinners. By the way, it's part of our gift structure. Is that true? I mean, the truth of the matter is we're trying to bring perspective to people. You're in a real estate transaction. You have a willing buyer and you're a willing seller. Everybody's emotional. And there's times you just got to present something in such a way that somebody goes, oh, okay. It, it just gives them permission to make a good decision. Would you guys agree? So that's, that's what makes us good salespeople, okay? Do it with integrity. Do it with, but sometimes somebody's, you know, they're spazzing out over the inspection report. And it's all lost. That fence is the deal killer. Okay? This is not as big as you think. These fence is made of wood. Wood that grow on the trees. Lots of trees. My friend, he come, he fix the wood. No problem. You pay half, they pay half. What do you think? Yes, good. <laughs> Mr. Jim Rohn used to say it this way. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. Is that true? If you don't, you'll find an excuse. Next, resentful of other success. You'll find yourself being a little snippy. And you might even do it in a very talented, gracious way. You can pay someone a compliment in such a way you knock them in the chops. Socrates said it this way. Envy is the ulcer of the soul. It's never talked about, actually. The word envy is not used a lot, but there's a lot of envy. By the way, there's a lot of envy in the real estate business. Is that true? Okay, and then we do award shows, and we do this, and we do that, and whatever else. And not, not that those things are bad, but just so you know, if the things aren't presented for the right way and done in the right way, it can produce a lot of envy or a lot of criticism or a lot of this. Yeah, 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 yeah she wins one every year, but then, yeah, yeah, just see how she gets her lanes. Yeah, she treats her customers. She wears a, you know, she has a broom with a Mercedes emblem on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Number four, a gravitation towards criticism. Okay, it's peak experience. I'll go first. Mr. Motivator, when I find myself being critical, it is usually because I'm not settled in myself. When I find myself being critical, then... It's just because I'm not settling myself. Here's the thing. When you're on point, on purpose, you don't give a rat's what anybody else is doing. You're on point. You're a man or a woman on a mission. Are you guys with me? Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm on my way. This, I got clarity. I got a big old freaking cliff to climb here. I got a leap to make. I don't care what anyone else is leaping or not leaping or whoever's climbed whatever. By the way, that happens more and more in our lives when we become spectators instead of participants. It's easy to become a spectator. Everything's about being a spectator now. We can be a spectator on our phone. This isn't new stuff. Principles aren't new. That's why they're called principles. Ben Franklin, okay? Hashtag Ben. He said, any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most fools do. Next, minimizing your achievements. You can't find your identity in it. But remember, there's things to hold on to. Okay, when we minimize what we've done, we minimize who we are and our own value. That's the big deal. 
when you minimize what you've done, you minimize who you are. You came from a broken home and a bad situation, and you've developed in this tremendous person. But here's what I'm working on. You know, I always have to remind the coaches, I know you're working on the cracks, but we've got to make sure we celebrate the bell. Are you guys with me? The Liberty Bell, what gives people freedom. The crack in the Liberty Bell is a tiny fraction of the total circumference. We focus on the crack. It's important to remember. Elizabeth Scott said it this way, the world will knock you down plenty. You don't need to be doing it to yourself. True? This has really helped me, and it gives me focus points on what to work on, okay? So the three different elements. This is kind of the the formula for achievement. It's interesting because if you go through Barnes & Noble, it's a bookstore, by the way, those of you under 30, (laughs) not a law firm, you'll see a lot of books, great information. I've read thousands. And they'll say, this one here is the key. And it'll focus on one of these circles. But what I found is if you don't have these three and you don't have them working together, you won't achieve. Not the whole package. Not the whole package. You might get acknowledged. You might be a world changer, yada, yada. But you may not be able to take the family with you. And you may not take the good life with you. You may not take the health with you. You may not take the finances with you. You may not have the spiritual grounding at the same time. Are you guys with me? If you want the good life package, if you want to be the both and, you've got to have these three things working on. And here's the thing. You can work on them all together, or there's seasons where you have to emphasize one over the other. Make sense? All right, here it is. First one is mindset. The next is motivation. Got to have the juice. And then the last part is methodologies. This is the triangle of achievement right here. This good stuff. So rather than stand up here and I read a book and whatever else, or I'm going to use this to buy my first house, Where do you get this from, Brian? Well, obviously, I'm a guy who's kind of been in the self-development side of things for 30 years. I'm almost three times longer in Buffini Company than I was in my real estate career. Okay? I'm a long time doing this. Buffini Company has over a million hours of coaching people. This is what we found. Buffini Company has a knowledge pool because the information just doesn't go out to you. It comes back in through the coaches, and then it comes back in through the coaches, through the synergy. Y'all think you got synergy? You want to see the coaches synergize. But they're going, hey, how do I get them through this? Have you ever had this before? What did they do? What did you do? How did you do it? It's been going on for 20 years. We're 20 years doing this thing, okay? Not yesterday. A million hours help and transform people's lives, Okay? Those coaching staff and what they've done and who they are, they know more than anybody in the world on this subject. In the world. So here's where it comes from. Mindset. Mindset's about what you think. Okay? So it's how you think and what you believe. Two categories. Okay? How you think, what you believe. What was Napoleon Hill's book? Think and grow rich. So, by the way, his book was all about thinking. Books like The Secret, they were about what you believe. Great. And they're very, very helpful. There's hundreds and hundreds of books that I have referred to you, thousands that I've read, that are in the area of mindset because it's an area to improve. But in and of itself, this won't get it all done. This is not stuff you'll find published by Jim Rohn. These were backstage conversations over many years that helped me. And this was classic Jim Rohn because he would say things to make me feel absolutely stupid at times because they were so simple and profound because the man had a lot of wisdom. So he'd go, Brian, 
Here's the questions to ponder. First, why? Second, why not? Third, why not you? Why not now? Why? Why not? Why not you? Why not now? Changes how you think. Now, having the four answers, is that enough to get it done? No. It's one part of the formula. That's what you think. Next, what you believe. What do you think about yourself? What do you believe about yourself? Okay? Are there seasons, are there things that you can do into your regular routines to adopt? I'm going to work on this little thing right now. Is that possible? Yes. Fabulous. So we can make improvement in that area. And this one thing right here, we can improve. Great. But wait, you got to have the juice. You got to have motivation. It's one of the reasons why, as much as I love learning and I love next level learning, whatever else, I go bananas with the majority of college professors. And I try my best. I'm an open-minded, positive guy. They're trying to do something. They have a vocation. They've gone to college for eight freaking years. They've run papers and whatever else. But I would tell you, a lot of them drive me berserko because they're all about what you think, and what you think is where it's at. Okay? We talked about Daniel Goleman and the guy who kind of invented emotional intelligence. Here's the thing. He showed that a person's emotional intelligence is a predictor of five times of a person's success than their IQ. Five times. You take someone with low grades and high emotional intelligence, they will kick butt and take names. Take someone with high IQ and low emotional intelligence, rarely. Now, there's been seams in our culture today people have fit into with technologies. Oh, by the way, listen, listen. I'll talk about this in the future of the industry. Many of the creators of the most prolific technologies in the world today are people with very low emotional intelligence, which creates a gap. Are you guys with me? Now, we also know there's people who say motivation's everything. Is that true? What did Jim Rohn used to say? He and the Zig debates. And Jim and Zig would go back and they'd have their little things and Zig would talk about motivation only. And Jim would go, hey, what about thinking? He goes, you have an idiot and you motivate him, now you have a motivated idiot. <laughs> but what happens if you have someone who's really worked on this and they get the juice? What have you got now? Okay? So again, the problem with motivation, here it is, it wears off. Okay, Ziggy's favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes. People often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it. What's the word? Daily. Write that word down. Motivation is daily. By the way, this is why motivation takes all the criticism. Because something doesn't last doesn't mean it's not of permanent value. So the thing about it is, is that motivation doesn't last in regards to its effect in our daily life. It goes deep within us, and when it becomes a lifestyle of motivation, it can overpower everything. Would you guys agree? But So understand this. This is key, but what's the word? Daily. This is important, but what are the two elements of it? What you think and what you believe. So motivation is made up of three things, something you're pretty good at. You're going to like this. Goals. How many of you are good at goals? I love the story. There was a motivational speaker in San Francisco about five years ago. And a whole bunch of coaching members went to this event together. And the guy sat on stage and he took out 100 bucks and he says, I'll give 100 bucks to anybody who in the room right now can bring up a set of written goals. And the man got rushed. <laughs> Lost money on that gig, didn't he? You guys are good at goals, is that true? You ever heard of J.C. Penney? Okay, do you know the story of J.C. Penney? So J.C. Penney was a retailer goes bankrupt during the Depression. 
It hit him so hard, he ended up being institutionalized in a mental institution. Came out, failed again, and then at 56, 5-6, 56 was the mortality rate, so it's probably 79 in our world today. That's when he started his latest store that still lives on today. And he said this, give me a stock clerk with a goal, and I'll give you a man who will make history. Give me a man with no goals, and I'll give you a stock clerk. Second element of motivation is ambition. Ambition. I'm going to tell you, folks, there's a silent creep. I'm not as concerned about entitlement. Entitlement's actually a simple fix, and I plan to get involved in that fight. Ambition is a scary one. I did a tour of Europe, and everywhere we went, it was like, it was amazing. It never actually sounded like it. Every real estate company, all these federations of real estate would come in, they'd have flags and trumpets and all this crap. It was wild. The fact of the matter is, I would interview the president of each country's association, before I got there, what do you want me to teach them? What do you want me to help them with? What do they need the most? How's the business work? All this kind of stuff. I'd send a questionnaire, do a phone interview, yada, yada, to prepare. And seven out of seven of these associations said basically the same thing. Can you help our people have more ambition? And, and I got to tell you, that's a hard thing to do. When people don't have hope, they lose their ambition. If people think they can't win, they can't ambition. If they think the tax man takes everything, they start to lose their ambition. Are you guys with me? If people aren't rewarded for success, I will tell you that ambition needs to be flourished. Ambition is considered a dirty word in our culture today because it's I'm me, 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 take, 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 okay? And I'm not into that at all. In fact, I, I, you know, somebody said to me, Brian, do you intend to give back in the latter part of your life? That seems to be the thing. You build a fortune, you do the thing, and then you give it back. I go, huh, huh, huh. If you gave back, it means you took too much, okay? I, I like to give all the way along. I'm not waiting until I'm one tooth left in my head to start you know, giving back. I give now, okay? So ambition is a beautiful thing. Selfish ambition is a sin. Did you guys hear what I just said? Ambition. Ambition's a good thing. It's a healthy ambition. You've ever heard they got a healthy ambition? It's like a healthy appetite. Now, can you have an appetite that hurts you, yes or no? Can you have an ambition that hurts you? But a healthy appetite is a good thing. Would you guys agree? means you're what? Healthy. Just like a healthy ambition. Okay? Healthy ambition. Bill Gates has a healthy ambition. He used to have an unhealthy ambition, he said. But it's become healthier. One of his healthy ambitions right now is to end malaria. Is that a good ambition? Should he not have that ambition? It's a healthy ambition. The same things that help him build Microsoft are the same things that help him end malaria. And they're well on their way. And then attitude. Attitude. The thing about it is I've spent a lot of time on these topics with all of you. I want to say this. Again, I wish I had a lot more time. But gratitude is becoming the cornerstone of my personal philosophy. Cicero said it this way, gratitude. Now, I probably state this quote once a day to somebody somewhere. But gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, it is the parent of all others. Honestly, we'll tell you, sometime out of my mouth, every single day that quote comes. And I see that as the biggest danger in our culture. The truth of the matter is, when flight attendants fawn over my kids because they say thank you, I don't feel any personal great high-fiving sense with Beverly. We look at each other and go, my gosh, we got work to do. That should not be that rare. Please and thank you. Just basic stuff, but I'm going to tell you this. Fundamentals are what's important. What technology does, it speeds up fundamentals. So if the fundamentals are missing, you have fast-paced lack of fundamentals. Does that make sense? Gratitude, great attitude. It is impossible, listen, it is impossible to feel bitterness, 
and gratitude at the same time. It is impossible to express gratitude and to feel envy. It is impossible to give somebody gratitude and at the same time feel resentment. It is impossible to live in a state of gratitude and a state of entitlement at the same time. People want to fix all these symptoms. I'm going to tell you, gratitude is everything. Appreciation, gratitude. Okay? And it's easy. It's easy to get into it. It's easy to get everything. We can. We can do, we do it here. It's raining this morning. It's cold. No. No. It changes everything. Now, do you need more than just the mindset piece? Do you need more than just the motivation piece, yes or no? Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I would say this, gratitude is the game changer. Gratitude is the game changer. And let me, let me say this, this is going to sound bizarre. I work hard at it. I work hard at it. And I will say this, I am not a micromanager of my kids, but there is one thing they know I don't play with. And I don't care. I'm telling you right now, you can be a 23-year-old married man, this ain't negotiable. And you can be a 50-year-old and make me a freaking grandpa, this ain't negotiable. Gratitude's not negotiable. Embracing gratitude and expressing gratitude changes the heart. It changes the heart. It means life's not all about you. Something good happens for somebody, I'm happy for you. Now, here's what it means to me. Gratitude is a game changer, it's a life changer. So now the last part is methodologies. Methodologies broken down into systems. Why do we need systems? Because inconsistent people need to be consistent. Consistency is the key to success. So the only way a person can be consistent is to have a system, okay, and a routine. Routine is on the personal side. Systems on the business side or production side. System stands for, this is the old Joe Nego acrostic, save yourself time, energy, money, okay? Save yourself time, energy, money. Methodology is systems and routines. Routines are those habits that you internalize, and again, you don't have to become a slave to the habit, but the routine is one of the ways that it becomes autopilot, okay? John Maxwell said it this way. He says, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. What's the word? Daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. Let's dive in here real quick. You're made for more assets. Touch yourself right here and say, I'm an asset. <laughs> Enunciate the et part. Let's try it together. One, two, three. I'm an asset. Here are your assets. First, creativity. Creativity. I was told by a school teacher, you're not a very creative person. I was told that because I didn't have nice handwriting. And I couldn't draw very well. Okay? We're Buffini family. Right? Took Michelangelo five years to paint the ceiling. We'd have gotten done two nights. <laughs> My whole world is creativity. But I was told I wasn't creative by somebody's perspective of what that is. It turns out it was one of my greatest what? Assets. You are a creative person. You might be, how many of you have been labeled not very creative? Can I see your hands? Okay. You're not scrapbooking. How many of you are good at solving problems for your clients? That's called creativity. Next. Determination. Determination. You're an old dog for the hard road, as they say. You've overcome. You've determined. Focus on the fact that the core of you is determined to come out the other side. Next. Your skills. What does Joe say? It's your skills that pay the 
fills, and we can work on those skills, but you have those skills. Next, attitude. Your attitude is an asset. It's an asset. You need to leverage your assets. Every one of these, you need to leverage. So the law of the lever, how do you use these? How do you use your creativity? How can you unleash your determination? How can you leverage your skills and get them multiplying? Instead of driving you down and depressing you and beating you up, how do you use it? Get in a car out of third gear and let that baby go. How do you leverage that attitude? You got to understand, because of your attitude, you make people feel better. You make your customers feel better. You know, y'all are some high-producing butterflies. You guys are butterflies that kick butt. Okay, that attitude is important to people. Okay, big deep breath. I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you the following questions. Big deep breath again. Close your eyes. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. If you knew you couldn't fail, if you absolutely knew, like the sun is in the sky, the ground is beneath you, if you knew you couldn't fail, if money and resources weren't an issue at all, your current circumstances wouldn't affect you one bit, and your key relationships supported you, you knew you couldn't fail, Money wasn't an issue. Your current circumstances wouldn't affect you. And your key relationships were behind you. What would you do? Wow, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Powerful stuff. Well, before I let you go today, I'd like to read a review from Johnny P, who posted recently on Apple Podcasts. Stumbled upon Brian by a friend's recommendation or referral, and I haven't stopped listening. Great information on personal growth and business. Definitely not just a real estate podcast. You rock, Brian, and one day I'll have the pleasure to thank you in person. Well, thanks for your kind words, Johnny. And if any of you were moved by the content you heard today, you want to share it with a friend, well, we appreciate referrals always. And to close our show today, I'll throw it to Brian's mum, Therese, for a little Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.